Hello, and welcome back to Blade Experience once again. You are joining us for episode 80 today. That's right, episode 80, and I'm your host, Derek, as always. And today, we are back to talk about some more Dead by Daylight. We last talked about Dead by Daylight in episode 75, so that was about a little over a month ago. And we're back to talk about it again, because we uh, try to do one every month. So I do have my partner in crime back here with me for that, but we'll um, introduce him in one second. Just some news at the top of the show real quick. Our next podcast is going to be next Saturday, May 18th, on the massive Sea of Thieves update. I almost did that this week, but um, getting the guests together and getting enough knowledge about that update, I decided i wait one more week to do it because there's a lot of stuff in the update. It's really uh, media has a lot of, you know, new modes. It has new mechanics, things like that. So in order to really cover it and do justice to it, I wanted to do it uh, for next week's podcast. So next week's podcast is going to be on that massive Sea of Thieves update that just happened for the anniversary of the game. The next stream we're going to do is going to be the original Borderlands. That's going to be Monday, May 13th, this next Monday, 12 p.m. to 4 p.m. Eastern. And then also we're going to do a night stream that same night. 9 p.m. to 1 a.m. Eastern. I might do 10 to 2, but I'm I'm probably going to do 9 to 1. But just be aware that I could change it to 10 to 2, but uh, most likely 9 to 1. And that's going to be also original Borderlands. So basically, I'm calling it a Borderlands double header. We're doing four hours during the day and then four hours at night of original Borderlands. And the reason why we're doing two on the same day is because I am canceling the Sunday stream because it is Mother's Day. So um, in order to spend Mother's Day with my family. I'm canceling that stream, and I'm making up for it on the Monday. So that's why I'm doing the two on the Monday. And then on Tuesday, which uh, it's going to be Tuesday the 14th, that will be a State of Decay stream, uh, 12 to 4 Eastern. So that'll be our streams next week. But that being said, uh, we do have a guest here with us today. We're going to talk about some tips for killers in Dead by Daylight, as well as some new news that came out for the game. Please welcome back to the show, ACC. How are you, ACC? Welcome to the Blaze Experience. I'm great. I'm great. Happy to be here, man. So I always wanted to do that. <laughs> oh, every time you jump into my streams. <laughs> yeah. Well, the Blaze experience has arrived. It's a good voice. Yeah. So, I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I wanted to throw it out there. I'm great, man. How you doing? Bro? I, I'm doing pretty good. You know, um, I haven't had a chance to play as much Dead by Daylight lately as you have, but you know, I'm, I'm excited for these changes. These changes are really cool, actually. Yeah, they're really good. Uh, I got to play it. Uh, I got to see, uh, Endgame, which we'll, we'll get, we'll deep, uh, get deeper into it in a moment. Uh, I got to see it, how it actually affects you right at the end. It was great. I can't wait to talk about it. So you do think that it's a good change for Dead by Daylight then, or it's a negative change? Uh, yeah. I think it's a great change. I think it's it needed to happen, especially for trollers and people holding game hostages. Now, I did hear some hardcores uh, yesterday when I was streaming it uh, talk about how they hate it because the killer can patrol the... Once he closes the hatch, the killer can patrol the gates back and forth. I personally was in two scenarios where I didn't find the problem. You know what I mean? Right. I, I waited for the killer to make the one patrol as soon as I, you know, he went to go check on the other. I was able to get out of the, you know, pull the gate open and successfully escape twice. So I didn't really see what they were talking about. But as a survivor main, I am not being biased here. I think it's great. Killers deserve it. Uh, us survivors are too OP. That's how I feel about it. So, but that's just my opinion. So, you do feel that it benefits the killers more then? It definitely helps them out and it stops the game from being hostage. Obviously, if you have a key, you can reopen the hatch when he closes it. Um, 
So I guess we'll we'll break it down yeah, pretty much what Endgame Collapse is. So, um, yeah, basically so, it's called Endgame Collapse. So um, as the behavior team describes it, in the final moments of a match, a countdown will begin, and survivors have a limited amount of time to get to an exit or accomplish any other goals. If they fail to get to an escape point in time, they'll be killed instantly, and the killer will get sacrifice points. Basically, it's like they got sacrificed on the hook, except it's just getting sacrificed like on the ground or wherever they are. And the collapse is triggered by either opening an exit gate or the killer closing the exit hatch. At this point, a three-minute countdown will start. The progression bar will prominently appear on the screen. It will slowly tick down to oblivion, but will additionally be altered by the state of survivors. It will go slower if a survivor is hooked or down, for example. All generators will become inaccessible once the endgame is activated, and while you don't need them after the gates have been opened, there are usually extra points to survivors if they get all of them. Exactly. So it was um, playing it, uh, with the scenario, like, um, the good, there's benefits to this as well. So we'll, we'll get down to the point where, yes, the killer can, as soon as he finds the hatch, he closes it and now opens the escape gates so you can escape. Now, the benefits too, if it's a game where we call the write-off, where, you know, a killer is just having his way with us and no generators are done, uh, the opportunity of escaping the hatch does come your way. So yes, even if five gens or no gens have been activated, so all five are still active, the you will still be able to escape from the hatch or escape from the gate if the killer closes the hatch. The benefits uh, for hatch standoffs, there is no hatch standoff anymore. The the killer has lost his grab ability. So if you're jumping and he is able to, you know, usually he would be able to grab you mid-jump and then pull you on his shoulders. They've removed that, which is great. Interesting. Because that would be beyond, that would be beyond OP. Yeah. So the advantages there are huge. Um, so why do you think they removed that? Like, do you want to talk through that a little bit more? Yeah. Well, picture it this way. Um, with this disadvantage, uh, that the survivors have at this point, cause, Picture it this way, uh, usually, typically on, in a DVD game, it's either gonna go south or north. <laughs> okay, it's either going one way or the other. Uh, so you're never gonna really see the three, the end game too much. You know what I mean? Uh, once you've opened the gates, you'll be able to escape. Yes, end game will be active. You have that three minutes. So you can get out. But when you're in that scenario, that occasion where you're at that situation, um, remember, the killer has the ability to close that hatch. Uh, that's going to be tough. So you to get to an escape gate and opening it will be tough, right? You'd have to be really, you know, just patient with him. Now, I controls. guess my question that I don't know uh, the answer to yet, maybe you know the answer to this, but say I'm the killer and you're a survivor of my game, right? So right. let's just say I close the hatch. Is there any way for you to reopen the hatch again? Or is it closed for good? Yes, if you... No, it's closed for good unless you have a key. If you have a key, you can open it. Okay, so basically if you That's, had a key, yeah. you could open it again after I close it? Yes. If you have a key, you can re you can definitely open it, um, and then escape. So you have those advantages. So I guess that's grab, why the hatch standoff goes away because the killer could just close the hatch and then the standoff's gone. Exactly, and that's why the grab is so essential. So if it's super close, where he can grab you when you're jumping in, and you're already in a disadvantage, it just you know I think it would really make things difficult for a survivor. It'd been too much, right? Um, Killers have been in the short end of the stick for some time now, like for quite a, for over a year, of where you know survivors really just had these powerful perks and these advantages. So eliminating that, um, that simple grab, 
comes a long way, especially with the endgame collapse. And you've only tried it as a survivor so far, correct? You haven't tried it as a killer yet? This endgame collapse? I haven't tried it as a killer. No, I haven't tried it as a killer yet. Um, just been survivor. Uh, I did get to see what happens to you if you do not survive, if you do not make it out in three minutes, and it's it's, it's awesome. Empty, yeah. <laughs> it, it, how it grabs you, it just sticks all its tentacles in you. Uh, like it's it's almost like a mori on its own. It's actually that it, it looks even better than some killers' moris, uh, the executions. So <laughs> it was really cool to watch last night. Yeah, I'm yeah. sure. I, I saw a little clip of it, and uh, it looks pretty cool, honestly. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. If it wasn't a friend of mine that uh, was the victim, I would have recorded the clip and that would have been shown how cool. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> I would have loved to right. have recorded it and posted it because it was such a great execution. How <laughs> it just grabs you. And stabs you in every which way and then ends you in the head. Uh, but it was really cool. So I guess maybe we can talk about a little bit of the tactics of this uh, new endgame. So, like, let's say I'm the killer, right? And I close the hatch on you guys early. Let's just say you guys only had, like, two generators done. I just decide, okay, I'm going to close the hatch. I close the hatch and the endgame starts. What is your first thought of Survivor? How are you going to handle that as Survivor? Are you going to run for the gates immediately, or how are you going to handle that? What you want to do is, uh, what I became successful with right off the bat twice, so I, I've not had a problem with it so far, um, is you get in a safe area where you can see the escape gate and see where the killer's at. As soon as you see the killer make his round there, he'll notice, okay, no one's there or they're hiding. You wait for him to go take off and patrol the other one, because immediately it's a ping-pong effect. He's going to see this. Okay, he's not here. Maybe he's at the other area. So right away, you take full advantage, and you will you should have enough time to open the gate. Uh, if you do not, and you see him coming from a bit, take off. Now he's going to think that you're around there. He'll be looking for you. It'll buy you time, depending on where the escape gate is, if you know where it is, to go and try and open that one, and you can go back and forth with it. Um... You just want to make sure you're ahead of the killer at all times. And now I have heard that this basically makes Noed even more powerful. Do you agree with that? It can, because uh, I've seen, I saw it in use yesterday, but a new perk has come to light. And I think it's going to be a big perk. A lot of people used, uh, you will be using. I've noticed a lot of Michael Myers. There's a lot of people playing Michael now. Uh, they're using Blood Warden. This is actually a perk from Freddy, Freddy Krueger. Um, what Blood Warden is at, at the end when all gates are opened or have been, or all generators have been activated, if a killer catches a survivor and hooks him, it activates Blood Warden where when you open the escape gates, it will block you for a minute or I believe 120 seconds. Um, so oh, basically you're trapped. End game has been activated. You're locked out for a minute. You have two minutes. The killer's coming. You're going to have to run. Um, very good use of a perk there for Endgame. Uh, I was that's like, almost wow. broken. I mean, because that was obviously in the game before Endgame started, so I, I would wouldn't be surprised if they actually patched that uh, at some point. I don't know. I think it it it, it adds uh, an element of surprise. Will people actually risk going Blood Warden or keep or for a sacrifice of a perk probably they like? Because let's be realistic, you use four perks, you love those four perks, and you probably don't want right. to give them up. We sacrificed the guy that was using. I ran into a couple Michael Myers uh, characters that used Bloodborne, and I tell you, it was quite effective to lock us down uh, at that moment for a whole minute. Right? You'll still have two minutes, but if you're gonna wait there, 
and he's going to come in and see if you're hiding in the corner there <laughs> next to a pillar, you're in some serious trouble. But it was uh, a good surprise. Which I have actually heard on it. I watched a couple of videos for research on this, and I have heard that they are going to uh, make changes to the pig now because it seems like uh, some people think that the pig, it kind of ruins the end game for the pig and that they might actually have like a new perk or something for the pig where it actually, re- or maybe a new add-on that reduces the time of the end game. Do you think that it kind of ruins the pig's end game with this new uh, uh, end game collapse out here? I I don't I don't see it. You know what I mean? I again, when you're getting, you'd never really. It's you're going to see end game if you've done extremely poorly, or it's the other way around, right? Like end game will show up regardless once you activate the gate. If they're going to escape, they're going to escape. But I don't know where it hurts them. I can't see it. Like what in particular are they talking about that would hurt the, uh, the see, pig? See, I'm not really seeing either because I I think it could actually be yeah, a good strategy. Like. Say I'm the pig, if I actually put a trap on someone, I could see a good strategy being put a trap on someone, and then if they're close to finishing anyways, close the hatch, then it automatically activates that trap. They have three minutes to get out, but they also have to get that trap off first. Yeah, I don't see the problem. So like, I think that's, it's an that's advantage, like even, and it slows down better, again. Yeah, because basically that, that yeah. person only has three minutes to get out. But part of that three minutes has to be spent getting the trap off. Like they're even more de- depleted on time. I don't. Yeah, again, I don't see an issue with that. I think it's a it's a strength. Can you imagine if they put Blood Warden with her oh, geez, on top yeah. of that? When you're when you have the masks and you're like it's just so much time's being killed, they'll probably have a minute or less to kind of get out of there. So uh, I think the pig's pretty good, and with her new cosmetics, <laughs> she's gonna be rocking pretty cool. Yes, yeah, so those new killing. Yeah, there are some new cosmetics great. for the pig, and they look awesome. And I, I can't wait to uh, check those cosmetics out. Do you know if they're actually in the game yet, or are they not out yet? They're not in the game yet. I checked because I did want to look at them. I saw the f- photos of them, um, and I just wanted to see them up close. Uh, it made me like want to be the pig. <laughs> That's how nice these cosmetics are. Well, it's amazing how skins I mean, are. Why wouldn't you want to be the pig anyways? Like the pig is awesome. So. <laughs> Agreed. But one of the cool things, I mean, honestly, like, I would make the argument that this actually makes the pig even more powerful with this new endgame because basically one of the things is with the pigs trapped, if I put a trap on you, for example, you were always allowed to escape through the hatch. But now, if I actually close the hatch, you can't escape through the hatch now. And if you have a trap on you, you have to get that trap off. So, like, there was always the option uh, previously, you know, in before this endgame happened. Okay, if I put a trap on ACC, he can just jump out the hatch and he doesn't have to worry about the trap. Now you have to actually worry about the trap if I close the hatch. No, very, very true. Right? It completely changes the course of the game. I, I just like it. I think it's, it's more difficult, uh, for survivors uh, a little bit more. You know, it, it wasn't really something difficult uh, into a higher level. This is now just changing the game and it's helping out the killers the killers they go through a lot even though some of them can be real jerks but they're real jerks because survivors make it hard on them (laughs) (laughs) especially with the teabagging in the end there so and then holding the game hostage especially if it's a baby killer you know what i mean and and these people that derank themselves you know to to make it easier for them but really ruining the experience for new people you know they will only have three minutes and if they, uh, you know, before they used yeah. to linger for that's one of the things I hate most too. Like variety, people just right. linger at the exit; they won't actually leave. Like they just try to taunt you. I'm like, oh, just take your win. Like you, you did great. Like take your win and be humble. About exactly. It. <laughs> or some of them don't leave at all. They're like doing totems or running around trolling them, knowing it's easy. Like you know, 
that ruins an experience for someone new that wants to play killer or right, you know just exactly. have an experience with. It. You're ruining it for them. This stops that completely, and it's great. Uh, I talked to, you know, like I said, I was talking yesterday on the stream with a couple tryhards that they came in, and I I know them, I've known them through, you know, saying that they hate it. You hate it because you can't do the things that you like doing, and it's trolling people. You know what right. I mean? You, you you know what I mean? It's a I love it. It's great. Good job behavior. Like hands down, great job. Which we have mentioned a few times now about closing the hatch with killers. Um, I, I do want to reiterate that that's not the only way the collapse starts. The collapse also starts if the exit gates are open. So if the survivors get all the generators done, like you know the end game used to happen, that's still going to activate the exit gates, and then the end game will still start that way too. Exactly, killer can open the escape. Can even open the escape gate. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, you know strange, what I mean? But... <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The strategy there. Is, is there any reason you could think that you want to open the Exegate as a killer? I can't really think of one myself, but... I I can't unless maybe they have Blood Warden. And it gives them time and makes them try to squander and run and find the hatch. Um, or, you know what? If they want to play Mercy and say, here, get out. Or, or maybe if they have yeah. Noed and they want to like try and bait them somehow or something? I don't know. Yeah, well, no one's going to be a thing, so that could also be the case, right? So if they're going to open one gate, it, it, it definitely leaves for an interesting, interesting different feel of the game. I like it a lot. As Killer, are, are you also um, thinking that you would want, like, say you're playing a game as a clown, because I know you like the clown. Would you actually uh, try to close the hatch earlier, or would you try to play the game out and let the survivors try to get their win and you know try to stop them before that i would close the hatch you close that i would definitely close i would definitely close the hatch early i would do it i would close it um and give them that opportunity because i know right away i'll I'll be able to see them like if you're if you're going with a strategic killer you know if one gen's been done um, or one uh, escape gate's been done a lot of the times they're going to try and hide back for a little bit to hope that you leave um smarter survivors won't they'll they'll go to the other one and do like what i say you want to go ping pong go one end one end keeping aware uh if you hear the faintest heartbeat you want to get out of that situation and go to the next because remember the killer is going to look around for you it's gonna look for scratch marks it's gonna you know unless he has whispers if he has whispers where you can hear the entity kind of showing that they're in the vicinity um, it's rare to see a killer with that, too. So. See, I mean, the major caveat for me personally, like, maybe this isn't true for, you know, yourself or other killers, but if I'm playing killer, the major caveat for me is if all four survivors are still alive, I'm not closing that hatch because I want at least even the odds a little bit. So I want at least get it down to like three survivors before I close the hatch. Right, right. Because, I mean, I want to at least have, you know, a little bit even odds where, okay, I at least killed one guy already, but if there's still four players left, I'm at least going to try and kill someone before I close it. Like, say they have, you know, two generators done. I'll be like, well, I, I still have some leeway here. I'll, I'll still play this game out a little bit more. Maybe I can kill another guy, you know, before they actually get to, like, three or four generators. And then if they get to four generators, I have, like, three guys left. Okay, I'll close it. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, it just all depends on the game and where you're right. at. Because if you're, if you're leaving open, they're going to just hunt it down um, and get out there for the Because everyone's going to want the more points, right? At least... Putting it and closing it buys you more time, but they still can't right. use the hatch until there's um one player left. Though, correct? Yeah. Okay. I just want to make sure that. Well, no. Well, well, yeah. There's one player left. Boom. Even with no gens done, the hatch will right. always spawn now. So unless they have a we'll key, obviously, up. there's obviously you can get a key and get out anytime. But 
Exactly. If you bring a key with you, now keys are going to be more valuable than ever, right? So right. if you got a key, you get out of Dodge, boom. So before we move on, though, um, one last question about this new endgame collapse. Is there any killer currently in the game that you think this endgame collapse negatively hurts? Like, is there any killer that you think this kind of bad? I, I can't, like, honestly, I can't think of anyone. I can't really think of anyone that it affects, right? Kill, and they're all, and what I love about the killers is that they're all unique, right? Not like survivors. Survivors right. are just a skin and you can get those perks over time. These killers have uh, unique abilities, things to, to work with. I don't see any of that hurt them at all. Because even like Freddy, I think it helps Freddy because it actually gives Freddy more time to, you know, uh, actually get kills in the dream world. It can. I still think it hurt. Well, Freddy in general, that hurts him. Uh, I think because it was, you know, a, a, one of those escapes I did was against the Freddy. You know what I mean? He's still got to put me in the dream state. I still have time to survive, even if he has no webs. You know what I mean? And and escape. Um, Freddy still has those issues where the dream state factor is what's hurting him. Like putting right, him but I'm saying the, the end game yeah. change, it, it doesn't actually hurt him, though. Like, the end game change, no. it, it probably helps him out. Especially if you're using... Uh, yeah, I would think so, especially with Blood Warden. Right. You know, he has Blood Warden, Remember Me. If he's using his perk Remember Me, oh my gosh. He's hitting that survivor, that obsession, that whole time. And then you have end game set. Uh, I believe it's about 60, it's an extra additional 60 seconds or 30 seconds to the time of opening the, the escape gate. That is a lot of time. So, you know, I, I, I think it helps him out a lot. I would love a rework on him. I can't wait because I love using Freddy. Well, speaking of that, um, that's a good segue mm-hmm. here. I did hear news that they are still um, trying to get the rework on Freddy done. And apparently they're supposed to have more news about it next month. I guess it's been uh, difficult for them to do because they have to rework like everything about him. So it's been more difficult than you know, most killers reworking because most killers, this is just a tweak here or there. But for Freddy, they have to like rework everything. So uh, they are supposed to have more news next month, apparently. Yeah, apparently it's been a, co- a complete revamp for him. They've been talking about news soon, news soon, news soon. So we'll see. Um, it would be nice to have. I like the way he is now, but I get why he needs to be reworked. Right. Um, his perks I really like, except fire up. There's not really much use to that. I mean, I, however decent, they rework them, I think you still have to have the dream state involved somehow, because I, I think it still needs to involve that, because that is part you of the You have to be in a dream yeah. state. You have to be in a dream state. I think. I don't know what they can do. I think but... we all. Yeah, I think it's more. Maybe they'll probably start us in the dream state right off the bat. That's what I was going to say. That's probably a good way to do yeah. it, is everyone starts in the dream state, and you have to get out of the dream state and start actually. Yeah, 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 like something like that. I don't know. We'll see that at least uh, even see what they're going to do. But... Right. Or we just stay in that kind of visual that we're in the dream state the whole time and we'll have to find a way to wake in. I don't know. It's a complete Kind of like the doctor with the hallucinations kind of thing. Yeah. Um, the following, following in micro sleeps and maybe you'll right. need something like a, not like a shrine or something like to cleanse yourself like the plague, but something along those well, lines. Well, it could just be like the doctor where you, you have to like, you know, snap out of it basically. It could be like that kind of maybe. Yeah. It'd be interesting. Yeah. Uh, super excited because he's great to use. But I will say, uh, last comment from me on the end game collapse is, one killer I would definitely be scared of in the endgame collapse is the hillbilly, because the hillbilly can already go fast as it is. Now you put a timer on that where you, you know, hit the hillbilly with a timer, I don't have like those odds, so. <laughs> Agreed, even nurse. So, you know, yeah, you're looking at hillbillies just zooming back and forth. Right. 
you're in deep. You're <laughs> yeah, gonna need a key. So. You know what I mean? And you're not gonna know you need a key until you realize you're in game, realizing damn it, the hillbilly's here. You know, so yeah. So the, the hillbilly nurse were already powerful enough. I, I think egg game actually makes them even more powerful. So <laughs> can you imagine a hillbilly with blood warden on top of that? <laughs> Just walking. Oh my gosh, man. It, blood warden and no ed. Imagine that. <laughs> oh jeez. <laughs> It's a nightmare. Yes. That would be bad. I'm always confused when hillbillies have no it, just because they have the one down ability, anyways, with the saw. But I, I mean, I guess that's just an added pain. Yeah, it, that's an added arsenal. Just in case you pain. miss, I guess. I guess it works. So yeah, no, it's an it's an added beatdown. It's definitely just solidifying what he's already doing. <laughs> yep. He misses you with the saw. Just hack you down with his his hammer. Exactly. Yeah. But the end game collapse is pretty cool. So, um, you know, if anyone listening to this hasn't tried it yet, get out there and try it. But we do have some new leak killers as well. So we're actually going to start with the one that we have less information about. Just because um, one of these we have a decent amount of information and it's probably the next killer. This one I'm going to talk about first is probably not coming for a little while. It's probably um maybe two killers from now. But there were some sound files leaked and... We can hear these sound files. They sound kind of, you know, more uh, futuristic, sort of maybe mechanical. And there was some deduction done by people that some of these sound files sound like they match up with um, the Hellraiser 2 movie. So it seems like it's not officially confirmed, but it seems like we're getting pinhead. That's huge for a lot of people that have wanted this. Like a lot of people have asked for Hellraiser. Like a Hellraiser character, obviously pinhead. Um, super excited if that's true. Now, the last time they leaked something like this, they were pretty much hands-on correct, and that was with Freddy. So, um, to have him in this would be just a big, big move. Yeah, uh, that'd be awesome. I, I hope he does know, come in. Licensed killers are huge. They're always great to have. We all love it. You know, they're iconic, these freaky characters that we've Grown up probably watching or starting to watch these scary movies and seeing them, how much they freaked us out when, our, when we were younger. To have them into the game uh, speaks volumes. And to have Pinhead in there is just to add into the great list of DVDs put in there. Absolutely. And I hope he does actually come in. This is supposed to be, you know, possibly the uh, second killer down the line. So not the next killer we get, but hopefully the one after that. So a little bit farther down the line, but you know, I hope he does come in and, you know, like you said, every time we get a licensed killer, I, I love that as well. And it it's kind of funny to think about too, with all these licensed killers that are being talked about and all the ones we already have. It it's still funny to think that we still don't have Jason yet. <laughs> yeah. Just because of that, you know, that Friday the 13th game, of course, that's, that's what's been holding it back, but they do not own rights to the 2009 version. Which still makes me under. I I was thinking we were gonna get Jason last year for December, just because of the talks that were going on and rumors, but uh, it didn't happen. But yeah, I mean, it sounds I like we still almost can't had, rule out Jason. It sounds like we almost had Jason. We almost had the creeper. So yeah, sadly we we yeah creeper was there, but due to obviously political things these days, um, I don't think we're gonna be seeing the creeper anytime soon. Which would have been great to have that character. That'd be awesome. Um, yeah. And then. We, That'd be so good, um, but no. But we got Jason possibly in the future. Like I, I you know, that would be a huge add-on. Absolutely. Um, and yeah, I, I will great. say the only one um, that you and I have also talked about a lot offline 
we we would both love to see Chucky in the game. Chucky would be awesome to see in the game sometime. You know what? A lot of people are like, no, no. I said, why would it be dumb? It's great. It's a great twist to such an iconic uh, character <laughs> being that little tiny thing. And we were talking about it. Instead of him, obviously he can't put you on the shoulders, but he would drag you to the hook. It would just be... Right. Uh, it'd be great. Or, like, How there'd, can you not? There'd be so many like comical things that DVD like could do just to you know accommodate Chucky. Like say even the hooks, like they could just you know drop the hooks down a few inches. That way it's his size. Or something. <laughs> That'd be hilarious. Yeah, and have the hooks levitate. Yeah, like, you know he brings them to the hook, boom, hooks them, and then it just. And we were talking about pallets up. too. Like maybe he can crawl underneath yeah. the pallets instead of breaking them. He just crawl underneath them. So. Yeah. Yeah. You probably have the option to break him or whatnot, but just just to slow the pace, like how killers, you know, they're kind of blocked. He has to crawl, so it kind of slows and, and makes that pick. I don't know. There's so many so many ideas. It'd be great to have it. Why not? It'd be different, right? But uh, you never know, man. Yeah, I would imagine if they do make him, he'd have like a very small terror radius, obviously, because he's really small. But he'd also probably be a little bit slower. He'd probably be one of the slower killers because obviously he has you know less um traversal span there where his feet are smaller so he can't you know go as fast as like you know say oh the trapper you know the trapper has like a huge wingspan like you know what i mean uh-huh. no very true so i don't know I, I i'm you know where they're going and you can see i know they've been getting the feedback a lot you can see that licensed killers are going to be a thing so Good things Absolutely. are coming this year. Which, you know, that brings us to what we should talk about now. Um, the next killer that's coming in the game, it was leaked, and we do actually have the full power and one of the perks of this killer leaked as well. We are getting Ghostface in the game. Yeah, that's... You know what? I was That was probably the most least excited killer I wanted, but then looking at the perk that he has, the ability, this is a game changer because there's he, it seems that yeah, go again, ahead and read every killer want. has, well, every killer has a one unique set, right? That makes them just different from others, their power. It seems here that he has two, right? So with ghosts, he can move stealthy, crouch, lean around the corners and stalk survivors. So you're looking at that right there. You, you've got an element, which makes sense because that's what he was in the movies. Somewhat of a Michael Myers is, right? So his primary power is shrouded hunt during which ghosts. So. He has no terror radius. So basically he's going to stock up tokens, I guess, by... Right. It's almost similar to Michael's, right? Like how he tears up to tier 3. Here he'll get tokens. And the more he stocks, the more uh, his radius will drop. And it's important to note, too, that it does say lean around corners. So you can lean around corners, which is awesome. Yeah, that's his... Exactly. And that's his secondary power, right? I believe that's his secondary power. His secondary power is stock where the ghost can stock individual survivors and give you an exposed status, okay, for a limited time. And also has the ability to crouch freely and lean around corners. So you're getting a bit of Michael Myers slash the pig. But let's be realistic. That's what he was in the movies. So they're giving you exactly the character. Uh, super exciting. Uh, I like I like the double power there. And I think with that ability, he's going to be a force to record. To be record with. Yeah, I could really see him being one of the stronger killers once he's released. Looking at that power alone, I think so too. I think he'll, I think he'll be something good. And we only have one of his perks, but uh, the perk that we do have that is uh, leaked, it's called Simple Formula, and it says you become obsessed with one survivor. When your obsession is hooked, 
the perk receives a token. Each token decreases your terror radius while in a chase by 4 meters up to a total of 2, 3, or 4 tokens. When a survivor re rescues another survivor from a hook, the rescuer actually becomes the obsession. So you lose all your tokens on the obsession survivor uh, if the sacrificed survivor is killed. So basically, if your obsession is killed, you lose all your tokens. And then the killer can only be obsessed with one survivor at a time. So basically what it's saying here is, say I'm the killer and ACC is my obsession. Then basically if I hook him, I get a token on that. And then when I have that token, that reduces my terror radius by 4 meters. And then every time I get a token, that's another 4 meters off. Another 4 meters off. So basically your terror radius can go down by up to 16 meters. And what's really interesting too that I think is uh, a very unique part of this perk is, let's just say ACC and I are our survivors, and ACC was the obsession. If I rescue him off the hook, now I'm the obsession. I think that's really interesting. Yeah, it's it's that I I can all I thought about with that perk was other killers using that other for other killers. <laughs> you know, and other people using that for other kills. Can you imagine the pig having her her terror radius while standing brought down significantly? And then when she crouches, it's gone completely. Like, there's so many things there that you can play with. Um, a decent perk to start off with. Like, you know, the other two, stay tuned. But that right away, you're just like, oh, wow. Absolutely. Okay, this is going to be interesting. Yeah. And, and I can't say it enough. I love how the obsession switches because, you know, what would happen in some of these obsession perks that are in the game right now is you, you'd hook your obsession a couple times to get those tokens that you want. But then your obsession dies eventually. Well, with this, your obsession actually switches. So if AC sees the obsession, if he gets hooked once and then I rescue him, now I'm the obsession. I don't have any hooks yet. So now you can keep getting more tokens that way. So you can keep using those tokens for multiple people. Yeah, it's uh, definitely leads to some. I, I definitely leaves me interested to know more. So from someone that wasn't excited for this character to be on there, to see the perk, especially his power. He is going to be something a force to be reckoned with. So super excited to see what happens with him. Yeah, and, and that's just you know the power in one perk. I mean, imagine when we see the add-ons and the other two perks. Like, I really feel like Ghostface is going to be one of the top five killers in the game, probably when he comes out. Definitely looks like it, and especially the first killer to have two different abilities as a special power. Um, that's going to be really interesting. I mean, I, I don't really see him possibly beating Nurse or Hillbilly, but I, I think he'll still be, like, a top five at least, though. He has potential to be. I think he has potential to be a top five for sure. We just have to wait and see how that he actually comes out and he's presented as, like, how will he be used? What's his terrier radius? How weak will he be? We don't know all that, but right. by the looks of this, he looks like he's going to be really good to use yeah i think he'll be a lot more well received than the legion was for example <laughs> so still hated the most hated killer in the game apparently yeah which um he is annoying they they are making changes to legion apparently too i did hear news about that so they are making changes to legion i, I don't know when but uh it will be fixed a little bit i guess so yeah well there was a perk set that you could put together uh i won't mention on here for you guys not to, it is bannable but it was that bad where if you put these perks together with the Legion, the game, let's just say, would be extremely slow in terms of slowing down your health. So you trying to heal yourself, 
but the gens, everything was just going drastically slower. So, um, and they actually banned you for using that set of perks. Yes. Dang, I didn't know that. Yeah, it was that bad because yeah, it, it pretty much broke everything. So it ruined the game uh, for people. A lot of people using it as Legion because you pretty much you have all the time in the world to find you. Slows out the game and just yeah, ruined the experience for a lot of people. So yeah, a lot of DCs. I'll tell you that. See, I don't know how I feel about that though, honestly, because I mean. You know, they put it in the game, so like, I I don't think it really should be the person's fault if they use that set of perks, because like, those are perks in the game. It shouldn't really be yeah. their fault for using perks that are in the game. So I don't see why yeah, they should yeah. get banned for using that. Well, it borderline would picture this: it borderline put the game hostage to the point where nothing can be done. You're you're pretty much spending almost two minutes just trying to recover. To heal yourself. That is a long time. Right? And that is a lot of time for him to find you and exploit you. Um, it was, and, uh, and that's fair, but deal. my argument is that it's not the person's fault that they put those perks in the game. Like, what should happen is DBD should find a way to code that, okay, these perks are no longer available in the same order. Like, you can't have all these together. Right. Like, it, well, it, I think it, it was naturally it. with his ability. Yeah, his, like, his abilities and his power. You know, it just created just a toxic, toxic killer, apparently. I've not experienced it, but I've seen it. I've watched um, others play it. And, and like, I'm not saying it, it would be, like, the work. easiest thing to program, because I, I don't know how to program. But, like, th- there's got to be a way to program, like, okay, say it's perk A, B, and C. There's got to be a way to program in there. Okay, on the Legion, you cannot put perk A, B, and C together. You have to put A and B and Z together, or A and C and, you know... F together, right. like, but there, there's got to be a way to program it that way. It's not available to have those three perks together, like, and right. to me, that's the better way to fix it because it, it shouldn't really be the person's fault for using perks that are in the game. Like, yes, they were probably trying to be toxic and they're probably trying to be trolly with it, but in the same sense, those are perks that the developers did put in the game. It's not like they cheated anything into the game themselves. I agree that totally, and especially with them having to decode. We all know, you know, play DVD, it takes uh, quite a long time, and I get it, it's a long process to kind of fix and, right. and fix these things and put them in order uh, to the point something else would get broken. So, yeah, they're working on it. We don't know how long it's going to be, but um, they definitely are bannable perks. I, that's how serious it was for them to say it is bannable. Well, I'm glad I didn't really experience it, because it sounds pretty bad. So, <laughs> Really bad. Yeah, I see it. I'm like, oh my gosh, it's bad. Well, I'm glad I didn't see it then. So good for me, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I think a lot of victims were PC players too about that. So, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, uh, do you have any other comments on Ghostface and Pinheads before we move on? Well, we didn't get too much information on the Pinhead. We're not getting too much information on Ghostface, other than what we saw. I just think that they've one thing that we know is that. Uh, behavior does a great job of actually taking the character of, from face value and what we've seen in the movies and bring them to light in the game. So I have no doubt they're not they're not gonna drop the ball on this. They're definitely gonna sell expectations. They've always had with licensed killer. Absolutely. And quickly too, um, since we are getting new pig cosmetics, do you feel like that's something in the future we could get more cosmetics for other uh licensed killers? Do you think that might be possible? Well. Yeah, it's been a big thing. It's been a big topic that a lot of, you know, fans wanted 
licensed killers because a lot of them again they love licensed killers because they love the movies so they want to use them like yourself right you love the pig, uh, yeah, soft I, I love sauce i want to use the pig exactly so a lot of that has to do with the companies and the licensing so for instance michael myers uh they can touch him uh for uh, specifically laurie strode the survivor so jamie lee curtis who played the character they have strict licensing on no, and there was no negotiation to her, number one, having her look exactly like her and you not being able to change her clothes. It had to be the same. They're very strict on the Lori Strode image. Um, so that was out of the question. Even with Freddie, I believe, uh, for the first one, there was not even negotiation to take that character. So that's why they had to, because they originally wanted to do the actual, the original Freddy Cougar. They took the 2010 version. If you notice that the original version had the, what was it, the red, black, and green? Or was it no red and green, red and green sweater? sweater? yeah. This, we have the red and black, right? We got the 2010. We might see cosmetic changes with that. I don't think there's strict uh, cosmetics for Freddy. Um, but yes, in general, a lot of these people that get the licensing, apparently it's very, very strict on how they do things. So You never know. I think the Saw... The saw, the saw was a big, big jump and a big leap for licensing. So you never know. Maybe Ghostface is the same. I'm looking at Ghostface here, uh, the image there. I don't remember this, uh, this, this uniform, this cosmetic here. So I know Ghostface has the devil mask that's not pictured in that picture. And uh, there's a devil mask you can get too. So yeah, yeah. So I'm pretty sure you'll be able to get that. They'll add that on. Uh, so we'll see. Yeah. You never know. I think it, it does pay the way. I'm kind of curious on that. I wonder why um, the Saw licensors Lionsgate, I wonder why they're a little bit more lenient on it when they actually allowed that then, because they're the first ones that really allowed like any major changes. Yeah, well, some, it just depends, I guess, on some, like, you're looking at iconic films like Halloween. They are so above the bar there, I, I get why they're super strict. Halloween, I kind of get. Uh, like, I, I don't see yeah. Halloween ever budging, because, like, that's... Michael Myers is so iconic with this look that I don't see them ever budging on him ever, honestly. Exactly. Even with Leatherface, I don't know if they ever talked with, like, you know, it's the Chainsaw Massacre team, but if you're able, if you kill a certain amount of survivors, I forgot certain ones like Claudette, Meg, you get their faces. Right, you know, well, which makes sense, so. Yeah. So you, you have that, which makes sense. Um, who else do we have there as licensed? I can't think off the top of hand. I mean, you have uh, David Tapp, which has like barely any cosmetics, but I think he technically has like a couple different suits he can get, but not much. Yeah, he doesn't have much. I don't know if they're going to add on to him. I don't know if he's cared about enough. Uh, we'll see. I know the pig is a big step, but yeah, they're very lenient on that. Um, we'll see with Ghostface. I don't think uh, he'll be a problem. I think we'll get cosmetics for him. I think the, this paves the way, right? Again, the pig getting these cosmetics, I think. Companies like like the screen will will allow other things, so we'll see. Especially with cool. Ghostface, Ghostface is more of like, in in a sense, with the movies, it's more of like a costume. It, it's not as much like, okay, this is the killer, like this is the one guy. Because obviously, you know, without spoiling the films too much, like you know, in the Scream franchise, there's a lot of people dressed up as Ghostface. So like, you know, you could have like you know somebody dressing up differently as Ghostface, for example. Exactly. So definitely opens the door. But that's cool. I think we all do. We all like to see the light. Like, I'd rather, 
I do definitely sometimes at, at most uh, prefer using a licensed killer because you know I love that movie and I want to do it. I want to it. And one theory on the pig too that I might have is um, Lionsgate might not be as protective as some of these other franchise holders because when you think of Saw, you don't really think of Amanda Young as much. You don't think of the pig. You think of Jigsaw. So that might be why they're not as protective as some of these other franchises. No, very true, right? That is that is the iconic picture right there of Jigsaw. Jigsaw's there, he doesn't change. If they ask the big cosmetics for him, it would make no sense. Right, um, yeah. Cause if, if Jigsaw was somehow involved in the game, they'd probably be like, no, Jigsaw's staying how he is. So. Yeah, exactly. This kind of opens the door to say, hey, she can, yeah, whatever. Give her whatever. Or honestly, I would even say if they had Billy the Puppet, that's like you know, his little puppet that's featured in the movies, that's on the tricycle. If they had Billy the Puppet, I would say they probably wouldn't allow that to be changed either because Billy the Puppet's pretty iconic too. Exactly. So I don't think they'll touch that as well. But um, now we can kind of move on to some tips for killers. So, um, you know, we did talk about some tips for how you'd actually work the new endgame. Uh, for as killers, you know, we did talk about that a little bit more from the survivor perspective, but uh, with the new end game in particular, if you're the killer, what would you want to do if you're, um, say, closing the hatch? What would your strategy be? Say you're playing the clown and you're closing the hatch, for example. Yeah, if you're if, if you're gonna play a clown, you have one advantage there, and obviously his his power is to throw the toxins. So you know, you're getting into that radius. I think number one, you have the advantage of you know where the the gates will be. So by closing it, I think the biggest advantage is whatever right away uh, you can near escape, you'd probably want to throw a toxin out right to a, an escape gate uh, hatch or sorry, lever, and then move to the next one right away. I think that is the strategy. Take advantage of the toxin, right? Because the toxin will just get you places. And I think from a distance, I think with a killer's perspective, when you're at a distance, survivors are going to be looking for you while they're pulling the hatch. Some don't. But you know far enough you'll you'll be able to see and grasp from a good distance without kind of necessarily being detected if someone's on that or not, right? On that lever pulling down for that gate. So you kind of want to keep aware. Just be, you want to be ahead of the game because you know they got the bird's eye uh, perspective before you, right? They almost got eagle right. eyes to see you further. But there are ways as a killer to get from a certain distance and angle that you can be able to see, okay, what's going on here? Do I see them pulling that hatch? You kind of just want to, or that lever. So I think that's another big strategy. Like just, just gauge the distance where you're at. Don't fully just go ahead, see where they're at, and know, okay, this is where I got to play this. So would you say as a killer, like, you know, because there's a bunch of different killers that all have the different powers, so you have to kind of use their power to your advantage, but would you say in general that it, it is good to ping pong back and forth between the exits and the end game, or would you say there's a different strategy that works better than that? Yeah, of course. I think that's the biggest advantage, right? Uh, that was a big complaint for some of these tryhards that the patrolling, they can patrol the, the hatches back and forth. Yes, they can. If they're very close to each other, which would be terrible. Now, I understand that fact. I haven't experienced that where, say, sometimes we will find that the escape gates are pretty close to each other. Right. In certain maps where he can ping pong and go back and forth, but ping ponging is a clutch. The thing is to know the ping pong. So if you know someone was working on that one end, they're probably hiding around the vicinity. Um, you you want to definitely make sure that you play a mind game of, okay, let me look around. Okay, nothing's going on. Let me make sure I go to the other gate. And you don't want to go all the way directly up in front of it. Again, you want to gauge the distance and see if there's anything there because you know 
If they've already worked on that one, a lot of the times, believe it or not, they're lazy to go and make the move around to the other uh, Very escape true. gate. But, yeah. And a couple killers in particular, I could see really having a lot of advantage in the end game. Like, yeah, we talked about Hillbilly and Nurse, for example, but I could also see the Hag having a lot of advantage with her traps, the Trapper with his traps, or even the Huntress with her throwing axes that could have a lot of advantage too. Yeah, well, especially with the hag, you're looking at, you can put traps in just random areas around it, even right. obviously directly in front of them going around. You'll know if they alert the first time, uh, you know, so the hag can teleport to you. You'll have other traps around surrounding near areas if they're hiding to kind of alert you. So that's huge. Um, Heck, even the play could be good in the end game too, because the play could, you know, give you the toxin, and then you have to go to the fountain. So yeah, yeah, that that can also help too if they're making, you know, noise. Uh, not so much plague, I guess, because a lot of like a lot of super skilled survivors that uh, can handle being sick will probably deal with that. But you're true, looking true. at trapper; he'll be alerted right off the bat because you know he'll just put traps right at the, the escape gate door. That's probably a big one there. He'll get the alert. He'll rush right back. Um, if you have a couple people that are a couple survivors that are kind of working together, they can go one end to the other and kind of do. So the trapper's going to have to pick a, a you know, pick a, a gate to go to, which you can kind of do. But a lot of times people don't do that. Right. So that's another advantage. Um, what other killer could I imagine that would have this advantage? Michael. Michael has a stock ability, so from a long range and distance with no terror radius, you can just put a stock ability and catch your aura there, right? So he'll know, okay, they're over there, I'm going to head right over there, so it's another big one. Freddy, if he has you in the dream state, we already know that. If you're already in the dream state, he's put you in it, you have no generators, you're not wounded, you can't get out of it, he'll be able to see you wherever. So it's another big thing. Come to think of it, I did think of one killer that I don't really think has any advantage in the endgame, and that's probably Leatherface. He does not. Yeah, I can't so. see anything as well. He'll just have to. So he he might be the monster. worst killer to play in the endgame because I mean he wouldn't really. He basically just be a you know regular normal killer with no advantages. So exactly. Unless he catches you on the chase and obviously try to get you this chainsaw, but other right. than that, that's still nothing. Yeah. But that is, of course, you know the end game. But let's go back to the beginning now. So as a killer, say you want to play killer. You're thinking about being a killer main. One of the first things you have to do, obviously, is before you even enter a game, you have to choose your perks. So what are some things you'd recommend? Obviously, each killer is different, but what are some things you'd recommend for choosing a perk that fits your killer style? How would you recommend doing that? Yeah, and that's that's a big that's a big topic of the discussion because it depends what style you are. There's so many killers that people that like to be extremely aggressive um or extremely stealthy so you really want to utilize the perks that, that will work best for you like for instance if you're going to use the pig uh you know you want to utilize on her terror radius since she doesn't have any when she crouches she'll have right. a bit when she's like barbecue you know, and chili is good for her very good to know and see well barbecue chili for anyone is huge and barbecue chili if you guys don't know what that is it's obviously when the killer hooks the survivor for four seconds, you'll be able to see the auras of where the survivors are at if they are away from a certain zone. If they're near the terror radius of the killer or in a locker, she will not be able to see where you're at. Um, but other than that, if you I want, also use uh, monitor and abuse on the pig as well, if that helps out. Exactly. Well, that's another thing that's uh, leading to 
her terror radius to bring it even more slow. Uh, oh, you have it. That's right. You yeah. got it on the yeah, uh, shrine of secrets. I got the shrine. Yep. Yeah. So that thing lowers it out, right? So it manipulates the terror radius quite a bit and leaves confusion. So that's something great to use with her. You know, in terms of her make her choice, I think that's a great perk for her as well. So someone unhooks. Uh, you notice a lot of pigs. They kind of sometimes can linger about uh, where the survivor that they hooked. So they can take out the person that did the unhook. Because make your choice basically is like a no-ed, right? As soon as you unhook for a minute, you're, right. you're exposed to that effect where she can take you down. So that's a great strategy also to use her perk, right? If you're super aggressive and like downing, like for instance, there's some that are like trappers. They like downing survivors consistently. Um, I think a deer stalker perk would be great for them just because they, they love downing everyone. And at times when you're downing multiple at a time, you may lose some. So you probably want to have deer stalker where you can see where the downed survivors are. So there's another strategy for that. Yeah. And I'd say the, hi- so the hillbilly perks. fits in good with that too, with the aggressive strategy perks. Exactly. Especially them, right? They do the instant down. Right. And if they know there was a survivor nearby, they'll chainsaw back down again. They'll have that deer stalker perk, right? Um, if you're an end game killer, like again, not the end game situation we were talking about, but if you you focus on more getting what you can until the end where the gates are all up, then you want Noed. Noed's a perk where obviously it's an instant one hit down, right? So you completely change the game that way. Survivors get scared of it. They never know though until they get hit. If some get lazy with taking out totems then they're in for a long haul, a long ride there. Well, short one, really, three minutes, but <laughs> Noed's also a great, Noed's a, a great perk to have for an insta-down, like if you're more focused on endgame. Like if I use Freddy Krueger, my set is endgame because his stuff is built for endgame. So I have Remember Me, right? I'll have Noed. I'll have, I mean, well, barbecue and chili, and there's one other perk I use that was essential. I can't think of it right now. Hopefully, I remember it. But I, it's specifically for endgame, so I'm prepared for the worst. Yeah, me. basically, what we're getting at here is depending on the type of killer you have, you want to build your perks around that. So, like for example, um, one of the more unique killers. I don't know if you have any recommendations for this, but how would you uh, set up your perks for the nurse, for example? Because that's one of the more unique killers. You know, it's so funny because the nurse is such a great killer to the point where she can probably get well without any perks. With her blink ability to go through walls, to go through anything, she's just got that candid ability to get you when you cut. If you're going to use her, I would say, yeah, barbecue and chili would be clutch with her because you want to know where everyone's at and you can blink to it. Um, other perks, I can't, you know, another monitor abuse would actually be good with her as well. Right to lower her terror radius, right. where she would, you know, fucking give you a nice big surprise. I know it would be clutch with her as well, right? At the end game, if you're struggling and you're getting to learn her, uh, again, a one hit down would be great with that. Um, another perk would just be optional. She is so strong at where she's at going through walls, you know, um, anything can happen. And I guess one last uh, little subcategory to give you. What would you say is good to help the projectile killers, meaning the Huntress and the Plague? Uh, good perk sets for them. Uh, you know what? I think, depending, if you're just starting, I think Bloodhound would be clutch. If you're going to be a ranged shooter, uh, you know, you want to follow their blood trail, because sometimes you may lose them at times. 
depending on how far the toss is. So I think Bloodhound is great because it does give you a great blood trail for a few seconds to see where they're at and pick them up. Um, in terms of chasing them, maybe Enduring. I think Enduring is a big thing where if they get pallet hit, uh, they be able to recover instantly so they can pull out a hatch and, and throw at them, you know, a hatchet or even the plague. Uh, but perks Definitely. in general, I think with the plague, uh, she does, she has a great perk for the first two minutes where she, uh, I forgot what it's called, but it, it, it locks. It locks the generators, the, yeah. It locks the generators, you know, super big start early in the game. For range killers, you, you have stuff like that. Monitor views again. That's another good one for her. For um, those two, would you say anything that helps you find survivors would help too? Because you have that projectile throw. So like, for example, um, say, calling. yep, like that. Or like, I was going to suggest, uh, maybe like spies from the shadows. That way you could actually, oh, oh, there's a guy over here. Let me throw a hatchet at him. You know what I mean? Yeah. You could do spies of the shadows. If you're not too, like spies of the shadows is good as well. You, you know, you, it definitely, it's not used as much as, uh, they did fix it though, so it's a little bit better. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, After that buff, I thought they would be used more. It's still not used. Um, but you can typically, you want to always be aware of your surroundings as a killer, like in general as a whole. If you're looking around an area, you want to be aware if you see any crows kind of flying back down and landing on a rock because you'll get an idea. Okay. They just ran here. You know what I mean? You want to be right. really aware of the surroundings and the tools you have, regardless of using perks. Because you're limited when you get started, too. Uh, you can only use what a perk or two to start. I think it's just one. Until is that one of the up. bigger tips that you'd say for a new killer is, you know, pay attention to your surroundings? or? Yeah, definitely pay attention to your surroundings. Uh, it's going to be hard because, obviously, we're, this is an experience that we're, you know, because I, I still haven't played Killer that much, and that's why something mm-hmm. like Spies from the Shadows is more, you know, my style, because it helps me find survivors a little bit easier with something like that, so. It's very helpful, and I think it does a great job of of really, you know, making it a little bit easier, as it can be difficult in the beginning. Of course, there's probably, uh, you know, a sweaty survivors out there that'll be like, oh, you need that stupid perk to find us? Come on, man, like. Well, the perks, it's in the game. Right. So, we always gotta, you know, I always like to try to remind uh, tryhards and people in general. It's like, well, listen, this game was created for me to play it the way I want to play it, not you. You know what I mean? You're playing it the way you want to play it, and you're upset that I've utilized my, my perk set or whatever I'm using to defeat you. Then, right. Sorry. I mean, like, you, you know, can't take it up with the, the game developer. Maybe you need help finding survivors. Like, so what? Like, maybe you're good at other things, you know? Maybe you're good in the chase. Well, I, I, I use, I use Bloodhound. I don't, you, I don't do killer as much, uh, as I did in the beginning. Just cause I love being survivor and I play with my friends on it. But, uh, with killer, I use Bloodhound. I love Bloodhound. Right. You know what? Scratch marks just don't do it for me sometimes. You know what I mean? Cause they can go one end, one end, the other say it's cold one farm when you're all, you know, all in the bushes. Uh, I will use the blood trail. I love the blood trail. It's highlighted. It's great. It helps me, uh, you know, catch who I need to catch. And it's great. Yeah. Cause I mean, for me personally, like, Mm -hmm. I will say that I've gotten a lot better in the chase as a killer. And I'm not, like, I'm not great or anything, but I'm not too bad in the chase. But I have a hard time finding survivors before the chase. So I have a hard time finding them to get into the chase. Exactly. So, you know, use what you think is best, what you like. Remember, we're catered to do, there's a lot of perks that are catered to what you like, because we all have different styles. You know what I mean? I like slowing down people. I like, you know, like, that's why I like using the clown. I like using the toxin, slowing them down to catch up and stop them from trying to do maybe a 360 on me. 
You know what I mean? A maneuver right. that slows them down. I'm able to to hit them. That's why I do so well with it. I will say, like someone like Myers, I could never really play Myers. Like that's just not my style to stand there and be like, "Oh, let me look at you for an hour." Like that's not my style, really. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. He's 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 tough to use too. I like using him, but he's difficult because you know you you. I'm not sort of per se that patient to kind of right, stop exactly. the like ability. <laughs> So I like, you know, again, the pick is straight to the point. I'm going to come chase you. I'm going to throw this toxin to slow you down so I can get up, catch up to you and hit you. And that's what I want to do. But others like it. Others like, you know, using the stock ability to live the Michael Myers style. But we um, did mention the chase, though. What would you say as a killer is a good tip for the chase? Because obviously the survivors have, like, pallets. They have the 360 moves and things to defend themselves. What are some things you'd suggest for the chase as a killer to kind of counteract that or maybe uh, do well against the survivors? Being patient. Uh, that's going to be hard. We're very anxious to get the hit right away because we want to we get blood. I think uh, wait for the perfect timing. If you're going to do a big lunge, that's a lot of the times where the survivors are looking back to wait for you to do the lunge so they can maneuver and do a 360. Uh, remember, the closer you get, you don't even have to do the hard hits. You just tap uh, the button to do a quick slice, kind of wear them down a bit. Um, just work, focus on the patience and the timing of the shot. Something I'm guilty of sometimes, right? Because I'm trying to get that big hit, and then I'll miss it completely right. because they, they time it. I think that's what you want to do. You want to put them, uh, chase them into the trap. Of course, they try to lead you to where they're at in terms of, you know, if there's a pallet or a window to jump. But I think it's just. Being patient with the timing. Learn uh, quickly what kind of style that person is and what they're trying to do. Yeah. And you'll be able to catch on quickly. If, Which I, okay, I think I what you just right said right. there is a great tip, too, is trying to learn the styles of the people you're playing. Because, like, you might see, oh, this Claudette, you know, this Claudette always goes for windows. Like, maybe that's something you find out by that, you know. Then, you know, okay, well, this Claudette always goes for windows. So I'm going to go, you know, wait at the other side of the window and catch them off guard. Yeah, you know, you'll learn that a lot. They'll try to maneuver back and forth, but you'll get the just. Now, pallets are great. If they're leading them to the pallets, break the pallets. Don't worry about, oh, I've lost crucial time. I have to break this pallet now and rechase them. No, you're, you're opening the window of opportunity now. You're getting more points by breaking the pallet, number one. Two, if you're ending up in that situation again, guess what? There's no pallet. You've caught up. You've put them in a situation where they thought maybe a, a counterpart, their other teammate, Thought there was a pallet there. There was no pallet. So you're you're opening the door of. Uh, so you would suggest pretty much kills. always breaking the pallet. I would, yeah. Pallet breaking pallets are clutch. A lot of people uh, that don't do it, I think they're just so eager to get the kill because they think they won't. They lose them and they're screwed. No, you won't. Just break the pallet. Short term pain, long term. Right, because also what can happen too is if you don't break the pallet later on in the game, you could be in a chase. The survivor can find that pallet that's already down, and they can use that to their advantage. But if it's already gone, they can't use it. Exactly. So, you know, you get rid of that early, it's great. And you're getting more points. You're getting more blood points in the process. So why not? But I'm glad you actually brought up breaking pallets. So let's say you break the pallet. Obviously, you have a couple seconds delay there, and the survivor can get away. Especially if they have, like, a sprint burst or something, they can get away a little bit faster. So let's just say you break a pallet. Do you have any tips on actually refining that survivor again? Because the scratch marks are probably going to be gone away fairly soon after that pallet is broken. Well, by the time you're chasing them for such a long amount of time, remember there is bloodlust where you, you are gaining gaining speed on them. 
by the, the amount of time you've been chasing them. So that helps you with speed gain. In terms of trying to keep tracking them, you know what? You're going to break that pallet. Yeah, they got scrimpers. Just keep a good focus on them. You just have to just gauge where they're at. Yeah, scratch marks are not there. But you have to gauge and see, okay, where would they go? A lot of the time, survivors are going to go because you got to picture yourself as a survivor. It's going to be difficult if you're not a survivor. So I guess I can't put that perspective. If you're a survivor and then you're doing killer, you're able to understand as a killer where survivor right. would go. If you're just going to go straight killer, you just need to just make that chase happen. Keep an eye on them. You know where they're at. You'll see where they're running. Just keep going forward. And eventually they'll catch up to those scratch marks um, and you'll be good. Because not a lot of people use lightweight. And lightweight is a perk where it eliminates uh three seconds off the scratch mark duration. I like using that person. Very, exactly. So a lot of people, I like it too. I actually like it a lot, but I like the other control more. So I use them, but I really like it. It's a good, useful perk. But uh not many people do it. So you'll still have the scratch marks. They'll be there. You just have to know and see where they're gauging that. Because a lot of the time they do have sprint bursts, but remember. Which if they're injured too, you're going to have blood in the ground as well. Yeah, but if they're going to use sprint bursts right off the bat, which will be right off the bat, sprint bursts will be used right off the bat. After that, it's 60 seconds. But remember, they have exhaustion for 60 seconds only in effect. So it's when the chase is over, they can regen and get it. Right? Right. So you you don't have to worry about sprint bursts until right off the bat when... They use it because they see you and they got to run, right? So I, I think you'll be more than fine. It's just knowing and gauging where they're at. Just trying, try your best to slow down the game for yourself. And don't, don't think, don't panic that you'll lose them right off the bat. Just kind of take it as, as best as you can. So let's talk about uh, generators a little bit. So obviously the survivor's object is to get the generators, you know, powered up. That way they can exit the game. So as a killer's perspective, what is your uh, advice for generators? Should you, you know, keep patrolling generators and, you know, go for those only? Or if you see a survivor off in the corner, should you go for that survivor and, you know, abandon the generators? Or how is your general strategy for generators as a killer? Well, you get who you see. If you see someone, you go for them and that's it. If you don't see anyone, yeah, you want to just monitor the gens because you know they're going to be there. That That's where they're going to be. But, yeah, if you do see someone along the way, it creates an opportunity because if you do get them, it it stops some survivors from doing gens or doing what they're doing at that moment. Why? Because it puts them in a situation where we need this person alive. If we lose them, we're in a difficult situation, right? So you definitely want to... Obviously, when you do the hook, you want to get to a gen or look around the vicinity of where there was close gens. And immediately you'll know what you're dealing with if it's it is it a team that doesn't care about the survivors which are randos and and not helping or will they stop what they're doing to go and help the survivor you know what i mean it, it gives you an advantage as soon as you see the prey you must attack yeah so definitely do that always attack because that's where the game right. starts for you uh, the only caveat i'd say is Maybe if they only need one generator left, maybe, you know, not go for the attack, possibly, because if they only need one left, then they're probably trying to lure you away on purpose. True. It all depends on who you have. Like, a lot of the times, what I notice when I've played, if I've got someone and I get them through the gen or whatnot, you want to kick that gen. Remember, kicking the gens are vital because if yes, definitely you kick the gen, you come back to that generator and it's no longer 
damaged, it means that that person's been there and they've always been there. But the, the number one objective is as soon as you get someone and you hook them, you've now opened the playing field where, A, are they friends? I love, believe it or not, a lot of people hate teams of four. I like them because it puts them in a situation where they have to choose, do I go help my friend or do I not? And a lot of the times, there's friction because people are not doing the move and then someone's going to say, are you going to come get me? And then there's frustrations. And it leaves you in a a dilemma. (laughs) It leaves them in a dilemma where there's going to be frustration and it takes them out of the game. So you're giving and in that situation, they're more likely to help their friends. I mean, if it's a team of four randoms, they're probably not as likely. Exactly. So, well, believe it or not, team of friends, a lot of the times, depends. They'll they'll spend the time debating on who's getting who, who's, oh, I'm over here, I'm over here, I'm over there. So you're buying time. You're buying time, and that's what you need as a killer, right? You need time, because if it takes them away, it's buying you time to have this game last a little bit longer so you can get those kills. So let me actually bring up a situation to you that I've encountered a couple times as a killer, and I'm still fairly new as a killer, so I didn't really know the best way to handle this. So um, let's say there's a survivor on a generator, right? And you know, let's say it's you. You're on the generator. You fail a skill check. So, okay, I know there's somebody over there. I go over there. By the time I get there, they're obviously not there anymore. So what do you do as a killer? Do you actually search the area around for them a lot, or do you go off to another generator? Or Because how much time do you waste trying to find that survivor? Because you know they were just there, but they could have taken it off across, halfway across the map, or they could have stayed there. Or How do you budget your time as a killer in that situation? Because they could be anywhere at that point. Right. So when you're in that situation, which happens a lot, you'll, you'll go there, you know they've, they've, they're around. But you can't see them. You've done a quick, I'll do a quick loop of where they could be or where they could be hiding. And then if I do not see them, I can't waste any more time. I need to go to the next ones because that's what they want me to do. So I've kicked it. I'll go to the one nearest gen. I'll go check out there and then I'll run back because I know they'll be there. But from that time, I'll be hoping that I can see them from a distance. You know what I mean? To right. see where they, where they run at. So, yeah, I don't spend a lot of time. If I can't find them within about 15 seconds uh, or 20, depending on where where the scenario is, then I will go to the next one, but then go right back because you know they're going to hop right back on. The goal is where are they? So in yeah. your experience, it doesn't happen often where, like, they are on that generator and then they're so scared they go halfway across the map, they usually go back to the same one? A lot of the times they go back to the same one. Uh, sometimes they do run completely, but the more experienced ones, no, they just stay in a hidden distance. Right. And unless, you know, the, the, the killer is assumed correctly, oh, they're behind this rock or behind that ruin and they'll run and then panic. Obviously they have to and then, uh, boom, the run begins to chase. Uh, oh, and make sure you check lockers too for players like me. We're infamous about you doing yes. the lockers. I know, I know you're waiting. I wonder if you're still trying to get, you haven't had an opportunity to, but. To get that uh, that Jane perk. <laughs> yeah, I want that perk. <laughs> yeah, I know you do. Definitely be a clutch one for you. <laughs> That's the worst thing to do too, right? So killers are going to definitely say, okay, what the heck? Um, they just kick this gen. I don't see them around here. There's no don't scratch marks, me. yeah. <laughs> they're they're going to, they're definitely going to check. They're like, no, they're not there, but I got to check just in case. 
Guess what? Sure enough, they check. Boom. Score. <laughs> they were like, oh, hey. It's hey, happened. Hey, it's it happened a lot. <laughs> yeah, it's happened a lot to me. I'd be like, no, they wouldn't. But let me check just to make sure. And sure enough, there they are. But occasionally it has worked for me. I, I will always just state that. Occasionally it has worked where they're, not, they're like, nah, they're not going to be the locker. They just walk by. <laughs> yes, occasionally. <laughs> okay, so... <laughs> if you're going to take on an experienced killer, for sure, that's going to be a trouble one. But if it's like not uh, too much of an experience, you know what? A lot of them, actually, the non-experienced ones, they'll always check it. Uh, or they're just too crazy for the hunt so i don't know it, it, right. it's a 50 50 both ways so let's say as a killer you're down to one generator left that's obviously a bad situation to be in because you know one more generator and then they can now exit so what are some strategies you'd say for having one generator left yeah so if you got one generator left there's you know you you have to utilize okay there's one generator to do left that means there's three in total there's a variety of things there. If they've made a mistake and they've activated all gens in one side, that gives you a room of advantage because that that's pretty much solidifying the fact the same that spot. they're going to be in the same area so right. you can ping pong to each one pretty quickly. Um, if it's not the case and it's spread out, you know, you just have to gauge, okay, where's the gen at? Usually at times you'll find a gen that's about a good 60 to 70 percent done. Um, you want to kick that and then hang around a little bit and wait for that to die down just a little bit, not long. Do a, you know, do the loop around. Um, cause they'll probably eventually be like, damn it, I have to go to another gym because it's going to stay here. You know what I mean? But a lot of the survivors, again, will wait privately somewhere hidden, hoping that you leave soon because they want to go back to that because they've spent all that work and time. Right. On that exactly. one gen, they're going to hope I, I, for. I've been there. I'm like, oh, gonna... man. Like, I, I was so close to getting that gen done. I want to get that gen done. So I've been there before. <laughs> exactly. And then the killer just kicked in, waited long, and then you get there, and you're like, son of a, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. oh, my God. Gosh, it went down. I was at 90%. It's yeah. gone down to, like, 30. Oh, yeah. you know what I mean? <laughs> so that's why the killers linger there sometimes. Now, I'll Let pose, I'll pose this to you, though, because, I mean, now that the new endgame collapse is out there, do you think there's ever a situation where if you're down to one generator left, shouldn't you always just close the hatch if you know where the hatch is? Because I don't see a situation where it actually benefits you to not close the hatch if there's only one generator left. Uh, there's one generator left. You know what? The hatch will still be closed. It will only be available once the... Uh... Well, if there's one survivor left, though. Yes, yeah, exactly. So there's one survivor left. You know what? Close the hatch because that's the easiest right. escape route. It gives you an opportunity. It gives you time that's to what have I would an say opportunity. Too, yeah, because yeah. again, it's more time there. He can run around and then just jump right in. There, you close it. He still has to open the gates. You'll know what gate's been tampered exactly. with. Right, you got the lights showing how close it is from being done. You know what I mean? That's the best way. So let's talk about uh, hooks a little bit, though. Especially, uh, obviously, especially no grabability. Sorry, just especially with no grabability true, true. now. Close that head. No, definitely agree with that. But talking about hooks a little bit, you obviously have three hooks to kill each survivor. So, would you recommend trying to spread it out per survivor, or would you? Uh, obviously, some people are anti this, and some people frown on it. But would you go for one survivor and you know, quote unquote, tunnel them, or how would you recommend doing that as killer? It depends on your strategy. 
I think, especially with certain killers, it depends what you have. Like, some of them are just brilliant. They will beat you down, get you, hook you, take off, go on to the next, see where it is. But others will patrol. Like, for me, for instance, uh, I don't patrol. Per se, I will go, take off, but if someone's going to unhook them right away, right when I'm, like, just walking away, I'm going back. You know what I mean? You, I, I usually, as a killer, I will play with what the survivors give me. If you're going to do that unhook right away, you've just given me uh, a variety of things. A, you're going to think I'm a camper, controller, a.k.a. I've already made you upset, meaning I've taken you out of the game. So, you remember, this game is mind games. Right. right? It's all about mind games. It's it's getting in their heads, getting them frustrated, and and making it happen. Even for killers, right? Survivors, getting the killer frustrated. But you want to just take them out of the mix. So a lot of the times, yeah, you'll, you want to get the hook in there, take off, uh, start patrolling. You know, they're going to do the unhook, but if it's close by, take them out. Why? Why not? They're going to get upset. They're going to get upset at who? They're going to get upset at either the person that farmed them or you. You've taken them out of the game. So again, you've taken the mental aspect out of the game for them. They've been upset, possibly. And I will say too that, you know, most people are going to be pretty pissed off at you if you do this, but technically speaking, it is still a strategy to face campus survivor on the hook too, because if you're basically what you're doing, that is still technically a strategy because say ACC's on the hook and I want to make sure he dies. Technically, that's a strategy to make sure he dies because I'm sacrificing all of that time that the other players can work on gens. So technically, that is still a strategy if you want to use that, but just be advised that everyone's going to be probably pissed off at you. <laughs> as hated as it is, it is it is a strategy. And it is a strategy, again, you're taking them out of the game. If it's a group of friends, the bottom line is if you're face camping and those group of friends are going to be like, oh, I'm coming, I'm coming, they're going to come there and they're, you're screwed. You've just given, you've got what you wanted. You've exactly. gotten all the time in the world to to do this and not worry about them power genning. Or it's the opposite effect where they're like, the kill, the survivor's like, this son of a bitch is pan- can't make me forget it. Uh, just do the gens, then they'll power gen, and that killer's wasted all that time for the one kill. Right, you guys it's got really a power gamble. three gens like, out. Kind of like you said, though, I mean, especially if it's a group of friends, what sometimes happens, which I think is hilarious, like, sometimes if you face camp one survivor, then all three of the other survivors go towards the kill to try and lure the killer away. I'm like, seriously? So basically, you're getting four for one. Now, no one is working on generators, and you're killing a survivor. Like, that's like the best case scenario for a killer. It's a great case scenario. And... And that's what you wanted. You've taken them out of the game, and then you get the hate mail, you know, cry like a baby, and all that. Well, you don't realize I just you played into my game. Exactly. So. You know what I mean? And and that's that. They're upset about. It. So another, it's another decent strategy, even though it's annoying. Like you have leather faces that are infamous for the face camping, especially in the basement. He can easily down everybody. You're in the basement. I don't know what to do now at this point. This is a tough situation. If you're a rando, you're on your own. If you're a friend, I will go for it. That's how I am with that kind of right. serious scenario if I'm a survivor. Uh, because you know, if you're going to have a leather face and you go to the basement, it is the ultimate no-no to be running towards a basement. <laughs> you know what I mean? You got, right. I'd rather get downed immediately instead of trying to survive and I add more time. That leads me to a basement because you know he's gonna wait there. Yeah, I mean, I guess if you had the right perks, you could maybe work. Maybe if you had dead heart on you, it could work out. But not even. 
And even if it's borrowed time, it's still nothing. You know, he still chops. He chops Suey's through that. True, true. Because he's still I was thinking sawing. with Dead Heart, you could use it and then block it one hop, but. It's pretty broken. Uh, Dead Heart's pretty broken when it comes to console. For PC, maybe. Yeah, definitely. Um, but, yeah, maybe, but not really with a chainsaw. Right. But you did mention basements, though. I mean, you know, obviously Leatherface, it's a great strategy to go in the basement. For any other killer, though, would you say it's still a great strategy to try and hook people in the basement, or would you just take the nearest hook? No, it's great. You get you If you can get them in the basement, get them. Number one, you get more points, which is great. But the other thing is, you've got a stranglehold, right? You've put them downstairs, you take them down there, so that means they got to go all the way downstairs. There's one way in, one way out, right? If you take them down there, you've given me all the opportunity in the world, especially if you take them all the way to the back end of the of the hook, you know, and you're taking off and they unhooked, you can just get right down there. Remember, there's one way in, one way out. You got it. Which, if you do hook somebody in the basement, uh, as a killer, how much leeway would you say you give them? Would you stay right in the basement the whole time, or would you go up the stairs and wait in the top of the stairs, or how would you play it as a killer? Would you, like, kind of, you know, guard from the top of the stairs, or what would you do? Depends who you have. You have a leather face, you're going down there. If you have a hillbilly, maybe you're going down there. If you have other killers, it depends. If you got traps, you go down there. Um, if not, you can go right at the edge of the stairs. Why? Because one is already down. Right? Now, the right. thing is, if they're not, if you're at the stairwell and they haven't come up, you haven't seen them yet, you go down there. Because they're trying to heal them, or they're waiting, or they're trying to hide. You want to get that person down. You know immediately you're going to get one down regardless, depending if you have a perk. If you make your choice, you can possibly get them both down. But, you know, you have the advantage. Immediately what I would do is I go down. Um, I will always go down uh, if I know it's taking a few seconds to not see them. Because why? He's probably healing them. Or they're just hiding in the corner, so let me get rid of them. You know what I mean? And, and take them down. So, yeah, I would go down. Makes sense. Now, one thing we haven't actually talked about yet, and from the killer's perspective, is totems. So, uh, obviously, if you have someone like the hag, you can protect your totems with, you know, your little traps. Or if you're the trapper, you can put a trap down there. But say you're not one of those killers and you have totems. Like, say you have Noed, or say you have, um, you know, Thrill of the Hunt, or you have, you know, Hex Ruin. You have one of those, you know, great Hex uh, totems and you want to protect your totems. Is there any strategy you'd recommend to protect your totem if you don't have traps? Um, you know what? It all depends on totem placement. I think if uh, what I've noticed a lot of killers rarely being successful with is trying to spend the whole game protecting their totem while we're all power genning. I think for the killer, you hope you always want to hope for a right placement. Um, protecting the totem, you know what? You're wasting too much time worrying about the totem instead of getting them. That's kind of you know what, what I mean? was thinking too. Yeah, just yeah, yeah. Like you know, I think time. Let it be in the time is great. Right. Time is great on your side, right? Because if you have ruin. They're going to spend all that time, a lot of the, the majority of the time, it's all of them running around looking for this thing. So you're, you know, you're getting all this time to kind of have the advantage to try and get them and, and whatnot. So I, I wouldn't worry too much about the totem. If it gets placed, it's placed. But if you're going to worry, like there's some killers, man, they will spend almost the whole game just protecting that. Great, thanks. Uh, yeah, so what? If you have ruin, you can still power through the gen. It's just going to take a lot longer, a little longer. Right? So. Yeah, don't worry about totems too much. Yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking too. I mean, obviously, if you have like the hag, definitely put some traps there. But like, if you don't have someone like the hag, then you know, it is what it is. Exactly. 
the hag that was definitely powerful with those totems. <laughs> <laughs> she's after her rework. She's definitely one of the best killers in the game. <laughs> Absolutely. But are there any uh, other tips that we haven't covered that you'd like to cover? Because I think we've covered pretty much all aspects of the game as a killer. Yeah, I think um, we we definitely have covered everything you could possibly think of at this point. Like you know, we covered palace, we covered the hidden kind of trying to get patient out there, trying to take your time. It's just going to be difficult and it'll be interesting. Super anxious and excited to hit something. But uh, in general, I think it's mind games. I mean, you. You want them to come play your game. You don't want to play big. And that's that. Yeah, I mean, the only thing I could think we didn't touch on specifically was, like, maybe the exit gates themselves. Because we talked about a lot about the end game, but we didn't talk about, you know, if someone's at the X gate, do you just rush them? Which I would say you probably do rush them because they're obviously going to let go of the handle. But Yeah, you want to definitely stop them from getting any progression on that L11. So you want to get them and, and go for it, for sure. Right? You don't want to just stand there and let them do it. So, right. So, you know, so I figured that was kind of self-explanatory. That's why I didn't bring it up, but I figured yeah, yeah, yeah. we'll bring it up anyways. So <laughs> Yeah, well, you never know. It just depends yeah. on the scenario, especially if you have no ed. Oh, great. Boom. If you don't have no ed, you can grab them right off the gate if they're going to try and go for it. Like if they're still going to go, if they're still going to try and pull down that level while you're coming to the point of face value, you'll be able to grab them. You know what I mean? Right. And, and, and do that. So, Which I guess um, along the same token Say the exit gate is open and you have someone that is just standing, you know, like close to where they actually exit. Do you actually rush them and try and force them out? Or do you, you know, try to kind of play bait with them? Or how do you play that usually? What do you mean? Sorry. Say like the exit gate's open and you're about to exit, but you're kind of just standing there. Do you basically just rush them to force them out? Or how do you usually play that? Oh, like to force them out of the... Yeah, yeah you know what? Get out of here. Like, there's not much you can do. If they're, they've escaped, it's an easy go. Um, you know, I, I'll just, I'll definitely get in there and, and force them out. And, now, does your perspective on that change at all, though? Like, say you have one player that's like that, but you have maybe two other players in the game still. Would you still force them out, or would you leave them there in hopes that, you know, maybe they help their friends afterwards and you can try and get all three? Sorry, you broke up there. I didn't hear you, brother. So, let's say you have one player that's at the exit like that, but you still yes. have maybe two players that haven't exited. Would you still try to escort force them out? Still escort you them escort. out. Okay. Yeah, but you know why? Because they're that's a distraction. Right. Right. So yeah, yeah. Um, that is a distraction you don't need. And if there's others out there, just get him out, and then let me move on to the next. Yeah. The reason why I ask is because you know there could be a scenario that maybe you hook one of the other two, and then maybe that player goes back for them, and then you could possibly get him as well. But. Yes, exactly. So there's always room for, you just want to get rid of any kind of, you know, nuisances that need to be removed, because obviously they're going to use that, like, I'll use it, right, I'll stay there until he comes. Why right. buys time? Remember, the game is all about time. Definitely. So, seconds matter in that game. And as a survivor, I've done that a lot, too, like, you know, especially if, you know, say you and I are on a team, and we're, like, with other friends or something like that. Well, if my other friends aren't ready to escape yet, I'll wait there for a second just to make sure. Okay, are you guys good? Are you guys good? Like, yeah, exactly. Because I mean, exactly. th there's no point in escaping early if I'm playing with friends. Like, if I'm playing with randoms, okay, whatever. But like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it all depends. It really all depends. Especially if you're well, if your teammates are trash, if they're <laughs> yeah. if they're just not you know clueless and don't care about it, it's like later. If you're with their friends, you're helping them out. You're learning. You're working together. You want to be like me. I'll never. 
I'll never, even with Rando sometimes, I just don't. And sometimes I make the mistake of, should, I should have left, you know, but the majority of the time, yeah. it's, it's never the case, but I like to come back. I like to no. be a decent player, get out. Yeah. Well, I'm usually a sucker, especially if, like, you know, it's one of the randos that, like, has saved me in the past. I'm like, ah, oh, well, they saved me before. I, I got to go back and try. Like, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, I, I got to try to help you out, dude. <laughs> yeah, man. So that's the deal. <laughs> that's <yeah>. the deal. <laughs> I, I think we pretty much covered all the tips you can for killers. So, you know, uh, hopefully this helped people. And, you know, we covered all the awesome news about the new killers, the pig cosmetics, the new endgame, we talked a lot about that, so I, I think that's warranted because I think that's going to change things a lot. So, yeah, and do a reach out. Like, I think if you know anyone that's watches, do a reach out to Blaze, or you can even reach out to myself. If you need to know certain things in terms of details of being killer or even survivor, um, just how you know what perks would work with what or what we could do best for your style, reach out. I think we'll be more than happy to help you out with that. So. Absolutely, for sure. You know. Uh, I will say ACC will be the better guy to talk to probably, but, uh, you know, I, I can still offer my analysis, even though I'm not, like, as well-versed in the game, though. <laughs> the love is there regardless. We will do this. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but we haven't talked offline, though, about what we're going to do after this episode, and I, I figured I would pose it to you on the podcast, um, what we could possibly do for next episode. So, you ready for this? Yeah, absolutely. So, I was thinking for next episode, why don't we actually... Uh, rank all the killers in the game and do our own rankings. How's that sound? Yeah, we could definitely do that. That'd be fun. Why not? Like that, that'd be great, man. There's, uh, always big topic of debate with that. And exactly. that'd be so good. I, I would love to, to narrow that down and, and do a breakdown on, on all of them and go from there. Plus, by that time, we might have Ghostface out too. So we can rank Ghostface in there too if he's out. Oh, it'd be great. I definitely want to get Ghostface. Uh, you know, I got Plague. Uh, used her a bit. Uh, I think she's fun. I think she's great. Uh, but I, Ghostface definitely, again, the license killer factor, um, just motivates you more uh, to play killer. Absolutely. So I, I think that's yeah. a good next episode, you know, especially on the heels of this one. I think that's a topic that people always like to hear about. They always like to hear other people's rankings. So I think that's a good topic for next time. Definitely. And uh, I'm going to call you out, Mr. Sir. We got to play some DVD. <laughs> All right. We will have to that, find that. We're going to have to find out. Uh, we got to find out something. Yeah, We haven't uh, played it together, but we'll, we'll definitely get on We'll that. have to set up some uh, kill your friends that we can kind of practice with the killers. So Yeah, yeah. No worries. Maybe we can get a group of four of us together. We can all, all take practice with the different killers and try them out. Yeah, that'd work out. That'd <laughs> be fun. <laughs> but um I, I appreciate you being on again um if people want to find you and get in touch with you uh how can they do so well, you can follow me on twitter that's uh acc underscore streams you can check me out uh my i'm on mixer uh acc underscore you can check me out there as well uh come hang out have fun make fun of me. i do a lot of weird stuff like bloopers <laughs> <laughs> or you can come hang out uh, do tell tell thursdays uh which i always hang out with my community that's but they love doing most. They love doing the telltale. So I always dedicate it to my viewers. That's like yeah. follower day, I think. You know what I mean? Um, people always asking, uh, do we have holiday to play with my friends? I say, I think we're, we all do it on Thursdays. But, uh. Yeah, the telltale Thursdays are awesome. I always enjoy that. We, we always, yeah, it's super fun. You know, running out of the telltale games, but, um, people want Game of Thrones, I think, after Borderlands. But, it's a good game. Uh, yeah, I, I definitely need to make up for that ending for Game of Thrones, especially, uh, do it for Asher. Asher. For you, yeah. 
<laughs> we won't ruin it if you guys don't know about it, but yeah. Uh, I, I, all, all I'll say is I'm not letting you live it down, so. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, definitely make sure on that. Uh, to redeem myself with that one, but yeah, I yes. think, uh, yeah, <laughs> you can definitely check me out there. Uh, definitely, uh, love to have you come join out my hangout with my awesome community. Have fun with us. And, yeah. Uh, hope to see you and, and I'll, I'll reiterate everyone, you know, he's a great follow. Um, I would definitely say by absolutely hands down, one of the top three streamers on Mixer for my taste. So, um, definitely check him out. You know, he's, he's definitely one of the guys I'd love to watch the most. Uh, I wish I could be there more often, but you know, uh, you're gonna have a great time in that stream, and you're never gonna be bored in his stream. So definitely check him out. Uh, I'm happy the fifty bucks went to good use. Thank you, Blaze. And... <laughs> <laughs> no problem. <laughs> fifty dollars came well. It wasn't easy. I had to convert that to Canadian. It was a lot more than fifty U.S. You know. All right. <laughs> Thank you, though. I appreciate that. Man. No problem. <laughs> but if you guys want to get in touch with me, um, you can still do so via old school email if you want to. Uh, I have the blaze experience at gmail.com. You can contact me via Twitter or Xbox Live Gamer Tag. That's at Blaze Experience, capital B L A I S E, capital X P E R I E N C. If you want to see my streams, it's going to be mixer.com slash blaze experience. So same sibling. So uh, blaze experience spelled the same way throughout everything. And if you want to contact me on discord i will have that in the show notes i have a discord so you guys can join that if you'd like if you want to find the podcast you can do so however you're listening to it right now but in case you uh prefer other apps there's other apps we're available as well we're on itunes we're on google podcasts we're on stitcher spotify radio public podbean blueberry and many of the directories and i do have an option for people that and just in case you don't like apps if you don't um want to listen via app what you can do is join my Discord. In my Discord, there's a special channel that has direct download links. So you can download every podcast directly without having to actually have an app. So in case you don't want to have an app on your phone or computer, you can just download every episode directly from those links. So I'll have that in my Discord. And just real quick before we end, I will reiterate that the next podcast we're going to do is going to be next Saturday, May 18th. It's going to be a CFDs update. Uh, we're going to talk about the anniversary update. It's going to be a great podcast. There's a lot of stuff to talk about in the update, so definitely stay tuned for that. And the next stream I'm going to do is 12 p.m. to 4 p.m. Eastern on Monday. That's this coming Monday. We're going to do some original Borderlands to kind of prep for uh, Borderlands 3. And then also that same night, we're going to do, it's, I'm going to call it a Borderlands doubleheader because we're doing a night stream as well from 9 p.m. to 1 a.m. Eastern. So basically, we're going to do 12 to 4. I'm going to take a five-hour break, spend some time with my family. Then I'll come back and I'll do four more hours of Borderlands. So we're going to do two different streams of Borderlands that night. And I will uh, say that Sunday stream, usually I do stream on Sundays. But that is canceled because of Mother's Day this weekend. So I'm going to spend some time with my family on Mother's Day. And that's why I'm doing the two streams on Monday instead. And then I will say uh, that Tuesday is going to be State of the K2. So Tuesday, 12 to 4, State of the K2. But the last thing I'll mention real quick is if you do like the content you're listening to and you want to support me further, for as little as $1 a month, you can become a Patreon member. What Patreon is, it's a website that helps content creators get funding for the content they're creating. So for me, I'm uh, creating podcasts, obviously, and I'm doing streaming. So if you join on Patreon, it's going to be patreon.com slash blaze experience. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash blaze experience. Then you get special rewards. So some of the rewards you get, you get priority to play with me in stream. 
You get access to special monthly patron-only podcasts. You get to help me decide what podcasts I might cover, things like that. So you actually get more say now what might get covered, what might get streamed, things like that. So definitely check that out. That's patreon.com slash experience if you want to check that out. And I definitely appreciate you doing so. But um, always keep in mind that the podcast and the stream is always going to stay free. You don't have to pay for this. It's just something if you want to give back, it's available to you. But I, I thank everyone for listening. ACC, thank you one more time for being here. I really appreciate you being here, and I can't wait to have you back again. Thanks for having me, man. Greatly appreciated. Love it. Yeah, I love having you on. You know, I can't wait to talk some more DVD with you and have that whole uh, killer list we're going to do. So <laughs> That's going to be super fun. Definitely. I'll have to cope my own list, and we'll see how our list vary. I think we're probably going to have very different lists because we have very different play styles, but we'll see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Can't wait. <laughs> but thank you again and thank you to all the listeners for being here thank you for listening to the Blaze Experience